think that's the biggest thing I would say is to, you know, God's called you, you know, believe in that. And, you know, if, sooner than later, find your voice, find out who you are and be okay with that and whatever God's going to do with it. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and you're listening to episode 56. So the one of the major themes of this episode really complements or almost mirrors the themes that we were looking at last week in episode 55 about the importance of finding your own voice, being comfortable in your own skin, trusting that God has a plan for you, and uh, leaning into that plan. So if you haven't listened to episode 55, I really encourage you to listen to it. It's really short. But if you're up to date, well, then here's 56. It kind of builds on this. Um, This is a conversation that myself and Clay Worrell have with um, Sean Stone, who is a pastor at Maranatha Chapel. We recorded it, um, I think, on like the Friday night, so kind of halfway through uh, the Expositors Collective training weekend um, that we had uh, a couple months ago back at Maranatha Chapel. And so in this interview with Sean Stone, uh, we talk about like speech impediments and we talk about the importance of not looking down on yourself because you are young. There's that famous exhortation that Paul gives to Timothy to say, not let anybody else look down on you because you're young. But Sean, myself, and Clay, you know, we talked about how in our younger years that we tried to modify ourselves or present ourselves in just a different, more mature way or more older looking way sometimes when really we just need to trust that God is at work in our lives and that we're free and that we're released to be the young people that God has called us to be. And then the final moments of the conversation are just a really encouraging um, discussion around the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the preacher. Yeah, lately, God, the Holy Spirit, has been at work in my life in new and exciting and encouraging ways, and I'm really just glad to get this content um, out there for you. So I'll chime in with some closing thoughts at the end of the message, and then there's going to be an invitation for you to join us in New Jersey in September. But anyway, enjoy the conversation, and I'll see you at the end. Welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. I'm Mike Neglia, and I'm here with uh, Sean Stone. But what everyone's most excited about is that my co-host Clay Worrell's back with me. <laughs> <I'm> back. <laughs> Clay, I don't think I told you this, but do you know that Tell people me. have actually been like messaging me and saying that they miss you on the podcast? Really? No. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, amazing. What am I getting into? Uh, but they feel it. I'm sure they do. They're just not saying it. I think if they're listening to it now, they're like, oh, hey, that guy. Yeah. No. <laughs> is he the funny guy? Um... Me? <laughs> Funny looking. No, I don't know. Wait, wait, yeah. Um, so, hey, Sean, how are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm tired. What about you? I'm tired, but a good tired. Yeah. Um, what's, what's happening? Why are you tired? Well, we just spent, uh, well, the first day, first half a day at the Expositors Collective here at Maranatha Chapel in San Diego, which we're super excited to host. And so getting to pour into young men and women uh, who have a desire, dream, a thought, uh, an idea to maybe preach and teach the Bible. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. And and so you're kind of the point man for this, right? Yeah. I 
I said yes to Pete's yeah. persuasiveness and, <laughs> and to you. But no, I, seriously, I was a part of the very first one, and I got to be a part in leading a, a mentor group and encourage guys. And I was so, I was so blessed to to meet with them, to hear them. It was, it reminded me, of, you know, being 20 years old, 21, nervous, excited, having to get my first message, and yeah. and just wanting to pour into that next generation. Yeah. So, so yeah, more than a year ago, you were at the first one in yep. Thousand Oaks, yep. and then now here we are, what, 14 months later, yeah, with you hosting one in yes. Maranatha, yeah. You mentioned that, you know, it brought you back to being 20 and preaching your first sermon. Yes. Were you 20 when you preached your first sermon? I, I think actually I was 20 now you, now you mention it. Okay. I was, so, yeah, I thought I'm going to tell a story real quick. Yeah, I was 20 years old. I was in my college group, and and my pastor asked me to preach. And mind you, I you know, th- that, that petrified me because to speak in front of anybody was the scariest thing in the world to me because... Growing up, I had to go to speech class, and so from basically first grade through about 15 years, sophomore year, I was working on my S's because I shed my name, my S's like this, which stinks when your name is Sean Stone. So needless to say, I had like an absurdly, you know, extreme case of public speaking, but the Lord called me and I was like, okay, and I could trust God. And I, the very first message actually, and this, this may sound weird. I I thought it went really well. I had some help. My aunt taught, you know, adult Sunday school. So she was actually a good teacher. And so she kind of helped me. I had gotten a book by R.T. Kendall on the life of Joseph and how God turns everything for good. And Hmm. so I was super excited. And I think I taught like 15 message, you know, 15 minutes and a great response. So that went well. But then my second message, I thought, oh, and I put all these notes together on Psalms and I was supposed to teach 30 minutes. And I seriously, after three minutes, I was done. <laughs> three, <laughs> three, I think maybe four. And I had nothing else to say. And everybody's looking at me and I just sat down and it was like the most, to this day, I still have PTSD thinking I'm going to just be done in five minutes. Wow. But anyway. Oh, wow. So that was my first two that yeah. I remember. Some of the other ones were fuzzy, but those are the two I vi- very vividly remember. Of course. Of wow. course you would. Wow. Did it take you a minute to get back in the saddle after after that second? You um, know, it, it, it's funny you mention it. I think for whatever reason, it, it was a while before I actually ever got back in the saddle again. Yeah. And I don't know why or for what reason. And it, it, there was some nerves in getting over that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind talking more about like that, your speech impediment? Yeah. Well, I just, I shut my ashes like this and, you know, thankfully for public school for, you know, all the bad things, there are some good things and I had, you know, pretty much the same guy helped me. So I had all these, you know, exercises, you know, and just focus on my S's and even to this day, I'll, I'll catch myself being tired and I'll, you know, let them slip in my messages. And so, really? Yeah. Wow. So, so you aren't, um, cured. You're, you just have a, a strong handle on it, or oh gosh, I never even think about it. Now you're gonna make me self conscious. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'm cured unless I get really tired, okay. and every once in a while my wife will go, "You're letting your ass just slide a little bit." So uh, it's just more of a thing, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, do you feel like a kinship to, to Moses? You know, it's funny. I, we teach a, a you know kind of a new believers, not really new believers, but a, a class. Um, Called growth track, but anyway, helping people on board here at church, and so I use Moses a lot, and I talk about his stuttering. I actually mentioned that story and how God can use anybody, and mm. no matter what you have, and and so yes, I I appreciate. I didn't know that Moses stuttered until I don't know later on in life, and I was like, I just. I so appreciated hearing that. Yeah, yeah, it's not a big part of his story, but it definitely is there. Yeah, totally. Um, hey, so so how, what would you say now to that twenty-year-old version of yourself? Oh man, there's, I think there's, how would you coach young Sean? Young Sean, I think there's so many things, uh, you know, you hear this a lot, but it really is true is, is learning to be yourself. God's called you. And I think it takes a while obviously to figure out what that means, you know? So I think initially everybody kind of copies somebody and they feel like they got to sound like this guy or sound like that guy. Cause who really wants to hear 20 year old Sean? You know, there is that side that nobody's going to want to hear me. 
But I, I think that's the biggest thing I would say is to, you know, God's called you, you know, believe in that and you know sooner than later find your voice find out who you are and be okay with that and whatever god's going to do with it so um you know i I became a senior pastor at 28 years old and for like i would say like three years i kind of lost myself i mean honestly Mm. meaning i was 28 and all of a sudden i thought i'd act like i was 50 Mm. i mean really i like tucked my shirt in i was like acting older the congregation was older and for a long time i just lost myself and uh and it just felt like i had to be this person that i really wasn't and and i just and it, I didn't like it. I mean, it meant it, it was difficult. And so I think that's the thing I tell myself I, if I could and really what others told me, but I just didn't get. Mm. So hopefully young Sean would listen to that this time around. So hmm. Hmm. How, how, how would a 20 year old version of you or, or somebody else? Again, this is good advice. Yeah, yeah. This is, but, but yeah. young people tend to not. Take the advice. Yeah, I, I sure didn't. I, I remember yeah. spending a lot of my twenties trying to act like I was in my mid to late thirties or forties. Yeah, know? and now I'm in my mid to late thirties. Yeah, <laughs> and I wish I had the energy of when I was twenty. But I just had this. You know, again, I was kind of thrust into like a, a, a leadership position very young. Yeah. I, was, I was a pastor at twenty two. Oh wow! Which I think is I think is like the youngest Calvary Chapel pastor. Well, I know. See, I had this like model of you know I, I served with Ray Bentley. He's my father-in-law. I served with him, and so he had this story like he started the church at nineteen. Like that's crazy. Or twenty oh. or twenty, maybe. Okay. Well, it turns out I wasn't that. So well, I'm not like, well, yeah, I got one better than you. But but I, I think we heard the stories like Greg Laurie was twenty. I don't know. I grew up around mm. some stories, so there was, uh, I had this like pressure, like I better get out there right away. Like I don't know why. Like that was somehow more godly or more spiritual. And so I, I think in some ways I was a bit more, you know, probably too premature and just feel like that was the godly or spiritual route. Yeah. And so there's there's some lumps along the way, some repenting I had to do to, yeah. you know, people I. I didn't do a good job pastoring with. So anyway, I know yep. that's not yep. your question, but you get me down a track a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Clay, you were involved in leadership quite young too, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think I was planting, uh, my first church at 23 wow. is when we started the plant. Mm-hmm. I was a pastor about yeah. a, a year before that. So about yeah. 22 as a pastor. Yeah. Did you, did you have kind of the Desire to present yourself as like an older middle-aged man. <laughs> well, <laughs> did you did you wear your phone on the clip of the belt? I no. actually have a picture of my wife. Anyway, really, people yeah. still make fun of me for that. I didn't necessarily um, try to present myself as older, but I, I do remember distinctly just longing for the day when I turned thirty because mm, yeah. I felt like when mm. I when I would turn thirty, I would become like a legitimate pastor in people's eyes. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't necessarily try to change my appearance or anything okay. to, to look older, but I, I looked forward to it. And now, um, I mean, I'm only, a, I'm 34 today, but, but I think, gosh, I, I still wish I was 30. Um, so, you know, I'm longing for something to be older and now it's like, well, that came quick Yeah, and passed quickly too. Yeah. <sighs> Sigh. <laughs> Sigh. Sigh. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, so you preach here yes is it every wednesday is it most wednesdays it's pretty yeah most wednesdays unless i'm traveling or you know on vacation but okay basically mm-hmm. and it's been about five years it's a unique situation you know i came back on staff at maranatha chapel about five and a half years ago where you know ray bentley pastored or planted in his pastor of the church since basically 1984 and where he would do sundays and wednesdays and a new season where he's just doing the weekends and i'm doing in the wednesdays and it's it works great and so yeah pretty much every week okay and um, you're currently teaching Nehemiah. I am. Yeah, and loving it. Yeah, yeah. How how did you pick it? Do you get assigned the past the books now or no? I, okay. You know that's great. I mean, Ray is a very gracious, open person, really free, and so I mean, yeah. I don't even. 
Yeah, I have full freedom to preach okay. whatever I, you know, if the Lord puts on my heart. I, but I, I will figure out, you know, I, I try to compliment what's going on on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And so if Ray's in a passage here or a series, I'm thinking, well, what, what does the church need? Lord, what are you, what are you speaking right yeah. now? And so um, sometimes it's a series that I'm just super excited about. You know, typically it's books of the Bible, but I think we'll talk about it in a second. You know, I think we both have done a series like uh, The Seven Deadly Sins or The, the I Am Statements yeah. of Jesus. Or I did a series on generosity, but typically books of the Bible. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do want to talk about that I think I think that I feel like I know you more yeah. than you feel that you know me really <laughs> because because you have it just randomly yeah. worked out that you did a series on the seven deadly sins yeah. and then so did I that's right Remember and that. then I was like hey you know can I have your notes and so you gave me all your notes yeah. Um, which was really kind. You recommended a bunch of books. And so I ended up reading, you know, all of your notes. Yeah. And then I didn't listen to all of them, but I would, I would listen to, sure. you know, some of them. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, I kind of feel like I know this Sean guy. Wow. And and then last year I did the seven I am statements. Mm-hmm. And you did the seven I, I am statements. And, and that, I think that was a divine Holy Spirit. I don't think we planned on it. Just no, not at all. Yeah. No, we just love seven We're just two godly people who are in tune with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but you're a little bit more in tune because you always do it first. Oh, and and I'm able to. But just, now you've done Nehemiah first, so I'm gonna do it. Okay, yeah. So I just really yeah, enjoyed yeah. being able to like kind of read your notes, yeah. and so for me reading your notes, like they're they're pretty much just you know um, manuscript, like word for word manuscript. It seems. Yeah, that's you know for me it helps me be clear. I think I told you that phobia earlier of the three minute long message because mm-hmm. I'd seen people do the three points and a half sheet on my college pastor. That's how he worked, you know. And so I was like, oh. And I, I did that, and I was like, oh, my goodness. So I just know for me I've got to write myself clear, you know, mm. so write it out so I kind of know where I'm going. And it's, not, it's like I said, it's close to a full manuscript, mm. but by the time I get into the, you know, up to the pulpit, up, you know, I'm going to give the message, hopefully I've internalized it enough. So I very rarely will look at my notes. And mm. this, is, this is just a comment. People go, why do you I even know you had notes? Because I'm trying to, mm. for me to actually write it out gets to that point where I don't really have to look at them. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Um, and so how, speaking of your notes, and so what's the process of you creating those notes look like? Um, everyone kind of has their own take yeah, on it. I, I go to um, redeemer.com and I click copy paste. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, I think everybody, I mean, obviously like everybody, I, you know, I don't want to, I'm sure all your podcasts have talked on this. You know, you're, you're reading the text, reading the text and spending the time and, and sure, what is it saying? You know, what are some things that are coming out uh, to me? Writing those things down, some big ideas. Ideas I've done, and honestly, you know, the mind mapping, you know, writing a bunch of thoughts out, and 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 I, I found just writing out some thoughts, you know, what, what is it saying? Going, I've, you know, initial feelings, impressions, and then doing the hard work of, you know, um, maybe dictionaries, commentaries, things like that. I honestly love listening to sermons, and so a lot of times, just listening to different guys, uh, I'll be able to pull in something from something completely not related to Nehemiah, but that's oh yeah, this you know. Uh, makes sense and it applies to this and so writing it down and so and, and Google I mean honestly one of the best research tools I have is Google you know, yeah. Yeah. You know it's funny they never talk about that They're like oh I get the concordance and I mean Google's like the best research thing I have yeah. so. I was just going to say nobody has ever said Google <laughs> I think they are just unwilling to give their biggest secret away because mm. it doesn't mm. sound spiritual but it really is I do it all the time as well so. yeah. yeah I found more stories and anecdotes or statistics just from Google so. mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've do you still have a concordance 
Uh, not a big one. In fact, I have, I have a lot less books. Uh, like yourselves, I was a missionary for a while, so I was a pastor here, so I had this you know, larger library. Yeah. And then moving to France, I had to get rid of things, so I was there for a few years. Um, and then moving back, I really got rid of everything. So I have a much smaller library. Much, most of the things are digital or okay. Bible software. So yeah. Logos Bible software does all that stuff. And, okay, and so using computer stuff, and then let's say even using Google, let's mm-hmm. talk about this. So how do you, like, search, you know, like... This kind of like SWAT team. Like when I when I use the internet well, I'm like yeah. a SWAT team. You know, just boom, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I find my thing. I extract it. I get out, and then I turn off the internet. How? Oh, yeah. So the Facebook or the well, we're we're 40s now. We're not on Facebook anymore. The Instagram notifications <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You know. yeah. yeah. When somebody Venmo's you, look at yeah. yeah so nobody Venmo's me. <laughs> but then that that is that's me at my best. Yeah. At my worst, it's. Man, I, I heard this interesting story about how, you know, rabbits shed their skin. I, mean, I don't know. You know, and it's like, so I, I looked for that, yeah. and then I'm like on like, you know, four different tabs oh, open, and I'm, and I'm, you know. Yeah. Do you find that like it just is a time suck, or are you able to use it as a research tool? I think both. Obviously, there's times, and sometimes those things, you know, those rabbit trails, since you're talking rabbit, will lead oh. to something, you know. <laughs> rabbits don't shed their skin. The rabbits don't. I don't know. I was kind of, you'll have to tell me the story of that after the podcast. But uh, sure, of course, sometimes you, you, you find it. And you're like, oh, this is going somewhere. And then sometimes, yeah, this isn't going anywhere. And you kind of scrub it. You know, I think the more you do it, you kind of, if you do a little bit of that work ahead of time reading, you know, I feel like you know where to go and what you're looking for. Um, and so that seems to help. Okay. And maybe just a, a final question. Um, so we previously had a, a great interview with uh, Pastor Ray Bentley oh. um, on this and just nice. talked about, like, amongst other things, just like, the Holy Spirit, who's like mm-hmm. alive and well Amen. at Maranatha Chapel, yeah. yeah and absolutely. like, what's what's the Holy Spirit's role in um, your sermon preparation? You know, I it's 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 prayer, it's delivery, it's more and more all of it. I think for a long time, I always intellectually knew, oh yeah, you gotta have the Holy Spirit to pray mm-hmm. or to preach you know, in prayer. I think even more and more, I'm just like deeply convinced um, of the role of the Spirit. And so, uh, somebody made a comment today in the. Um, in the collective, it was great. I think it was Nick Katie who said, you know, quoting Timothy Keller, our job shouldn't be to preach great sermons, but to preach good sermons. And I had heard a variation of Keller say that, that it's the Holy Spirit's job to make a great sermon. Yeah. Um, and to really believe that, I think we've all experienced that, but to just throw myself more and more and more and say, the Holy Spirit, you've got to do this. You've got to speak to people's heart. And even in the preparation, the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. Cause honestly, there'd been times that I was busy, busy. And I'm just like, all right, get the book, get the Bible open and start writing. And it's like, I didn't even pray. Like, mm-hmm. Am I crazy? Like really? I haven't even prayed. Even for, even like not even a Nehemiah thirty second prayer. I mean, I just like start working because I'm pressed. It's like, oh man, I think they'll be so much more accomplished if I just spend some time in prayer. Yeah. God, fill me. Um, and it's true. So, uh, reading Lloyd Jones stuff recently and just kind of reminded of stuff I'd heard a long time ago. But you know, some things you learn when you're young, you kind of know, but you're just I don't know, full of angst and anxiety, and you're you're anxious to get out there. You're not really processing it, and, then, and now it's like, oh man, what am I thinking? I, it has to be the spirit, or it means nothing. Yes, amen. Well, amen. Okay. Final thoughts? I hear there's people outside the door. You know, I guess just that, you know, I'll just speak to that, you know, it's, it's just more and more preachers. It's, I, I can tell, I can hear, you know, it's like when a guy has just been filled with the spirit, there's a difference in the preaching and just encourage whoever's listening to, to, yeah, trust in the Holy spirit, ask God for the Holy spirit to work and to move in power. Hmm. Um, power, you know, work on your craft, study and outline, but more than anything else, throw yourself into the work of prayer and in humility, asking the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. And, and then, and then letting go, 
You know, just like, you know, letting go and having fun and trusting he's going to do it. Hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. a good word. Amen. Cool. Thanks, Sean. Awesome. That was fun. Thanks a lot, guys. Sean. Isn't that good stuff? So good to be reminded of that simple truth that we just need God's empowering presence in our sermon prep and our delivery. That it's so worthwhile to pause and to pray at the beginning and perhaps in the middle and at the end. You know, come Holy Spirit. You know, God, I need you. I need you to help me and to highlight things in my heart and my mind to communicate to your people this coming Sunday or Wednesday night or whenever. So really do appreciate that. I'm currently rereading the book uh, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by, uh, well, his name escapes me, but the guy from Brooklyn. (laughs) Anyway, I'm rereading it, and there's a line that really struck me in there that I highlighted, and um, it was saying that we can get more done in 10 minutes of real prayer than we can do in 10 sermons made in the power and strength of the flesh. That really encouraged me, and so uh, may that idea just carry through uh, to you. And so for those of you that have upcoming speaking engagements, if there is a Bible study you're leading, if there is a message you're preparing for youth or for adults, you know, how important is it just to remember that, yes, we have our tools, we have our concordances, um, we have Google, but there's the power of the Holy Spirit that comes often by asking and by waiting. And so I want to encourage you towards that. Anyway, thanks for listening. And I do hope that this episode and that all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's Word. Now, here is an invitation from Pastor Chris McCarrick to our upcoming training event taking place in... Hey guys, this is Pastor Chris McCarrick, and I'd love to have you come out to uh, the Expositors Collective, which is being held in... Howell, New Jersey at Cornerstone Calvary Chapel on September 20th and 21st of this year. And we would we would really be excited to see you come. So you can register at expositorscollective.com and uh, and we we really look forward to meeting with you. So love to see you there.